Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Quadruple Overtime. I'm Tyler. I'm David Ehrlich. I'm, yeah, just, uh, we're not keeping the last names going, you know. We're okay. keeping private. Like Prince, Beyonce. I think we already made this joke. Yep, we're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Quadruple Overtime. we got a good episode today. We're talking to someone who has great sports writer, has knowledge of Philly sports, Boston sports, New York sports. Well, I think that's what he's talked about. He has a lot more knowledge than just the Northeast corridor of sports. I was impressed just by that knowledge. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, welcome back. So we're here, Jake Fisher. What's up, guys? Great writer. Thank you for having us at your casa. Yeah, thanks yeah, for coming. In Jake's studio today. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, I wish I had a studio. That would be <laughs> but the That'd people be at home, they can think this is, we're in a studio. It's true. He was just laying down some hot beats. He's got a whole entourage here. He's <laughs> so you're wearing a Mad Ants basketball shirt. Let's, uh, let's talk about the G League a little. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of the G League. I yeah. don't watch games really too often. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm 26. So um, I've been covering the league now for, this is my... Seventh or eighth season. Wow. Yeah, whatever year, whatever <laughs> yeah. year the 2013 draft people are, I like wow. came in with those guys. Yeah. Um, so you have a kinship with them. A little bit, yeah. Um, actually, yeah, like some players, yeah. like they know that. that like I, I, I've told them over a period of time. Like um, I call, I, I interviewed Cody Zeller um, for my book a couple yeah. weeks back when the Hornets right. were here, and when I went up to him. He like said a sorry to me for getting laid off, which was like <laughs> shocking. Um, I, it was like very nice of him. I'm sure someone told him. But <laughs> that's fine. Um, do you, after that happens, do you now like you're like, well the like the issue with the horns is, but not Cody Zeller. He's no, yeah, Cody <laughs> Zeller is a phenomenal player, yeah. a wonderful person. Yeah. So being a younger person um, at Vegas and stuff, I've naturally gotten to meet younger people in the league too. So a lot of them, people my age are like assistant coaches in the G League so I got this for he's gonna laugh Um, a friend of mine uh, who worked for Fort Wayne he's now at the Rioja Valley his name's Ben Reznor he's a rising uh, rising coach in the coaching industry (laughs) Um, he gave me this hoodie so (laughs) it's looking good do you like the rebrand from the D League to the G League I mean, it literally is a rebrand. Yeah. Named after a brand. Yeah. If that's not like a, a metaphor for what you know yeah. professional sports has become, I don't know what is. Uh, the Gatorade League. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's fine. I'm it okay could it. it could have been worse, right? Like I don't know, like the Smoothie King League or something like. Yeah. Although Smoothie King is it's a good phenomenal stuff. entity. Yeah. 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 So you're from Philly. You're wearing your from Eagles Philly. hat. I am. So being New Yorkers. I mean, I've been to a few sporting events in Philly. Yeah, I went to the Winter Classic when I was in Cincinnati. Okay, Bank. awesome. Yeah, Rangers won, great game. Yeah, uh, but I thought I would, I might get like beat up coming yeah. out of the stadium. Yeah, you feel like Philly fans get unnecessary flack or like... no? Absolutely not. Philly fans are yeah. awful. <laughs> which it's unfortunate. I know some people that are Philly. Yeah. They're like, oh, everyone boos their team when they're losing, and I'm like, well, so I, I talk about this a lot in my in the, the intersection of my social and professional life being that I went to school in Boston. I'm from Philly. I live in New York. So all each, the, three, each, three, yeah. each, each city likes to talk about, it's different here. This is Boston. We're blue collar. Blah, 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 blah. In New York, it's different here. We're blue collar. Blah, 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 blah. In Philly, <laughs> it's different here. The only difference is that New York New York people are, live, are from New York and... They have the stereotypes of what comes with those nationalities and same with Boston. You know, you got the Irish Catholics in yeah. Boston, you got a lot of Italian influence in Philly. New York's kind of a melting pot of all. You got the 
you know, the, the Bronx, you know, Latin American culture yeah. coming at you there. Yeah. Like, that's really the only difference. But they're all blue-collar people. They all hate <laughs> everybody else because they're, they're near each other. Yeah. Each city has an inferiority complex about the other one. <laughs> Boston Philly, like, both hate New York for being bigger, and they yeah. also both hate each other for being... It's like, they're all the same. They're just different. Yeah. Honestly, I think so. this could be a book, too. I know you're working on an awesome book. <laughs> this time, you, you have a special knowledge of these three cities, you know? Yeah, I, I I think I go insane. <laughs> just, yeah. I've interviewed fifty Phillies fans, fifty like Mets fans. I do not want to write this book anymore. No. Yeah, welcome. To, it's honestly my it's my everyday life. So, yeah. I actually once with um my friend Sam, we took the Chinatown bus, nice. wearing all Mets attire to Philadelphia for a Mets Phillies game. Oh, yeah. okay. And so we went in, and we kind of we were sort of curious, like what would that be like, you know? Yeah. So we went with full Mets attire, and uh, yeah, everyone coming up to me saying like, "You suck, yeah. Mets suck." But I did. It was I, they. Were, I think found me a little disarming because a guy would come up to me and say, "Mets suck." Yeah, and I'd go like, "Yeah, they do." <laughs> <laughs> and the guy would like mid to just pause because they were really bad that year. Yeah, yeah. and I just well, I'm not lying. Yeah, and so they didn't know what to say, and I yeah. think I think I, I wouldn't say I made friends. But I didn't make enemies. <laughs> and that's better than most days of my life. <laughs> the thing I've never understood about sports fandom is when uh, uh, fans of an opposing team think that your team's success or lack of success is the, reflected upon you. Yeah. Like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> They're bad. Like, Mets suck. Yeah. Cool. I, I have no control over this outcome at all. Like, uh-huh. I, I definitely fully, like, working in basketball, yeah. I'm not a Sixers fan anymore. Like it just it just kind of bled out of me, but yeah, like I'm wearing I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and like uh, every week, I have friends you know, I have friends living in Israel now, friends in Philly, friends yeah. in DC, friends still in Boston, we're all friends in LA, we're all Eagles fans, all throughout the week, friends here, we're Eagles fans, all throughout the week, we're talking about that matchup, we're watching that game at the <laughs> same time. When you're there at a tailgate, you bump into people from high school, from middle school, from wow. some random connection. It's I. It's like kind of like going to church, even though I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but when you walk in that arena, it's yeah, like, all right, we're all here now. I get it for sure. But the fact that you could be ridiculed for your teaming bad that makes no sense to me. Yeah, at all. Like, but don't say that's Yankees fans because their whole identity is based Yankee. on the, yeah. they're a winner because yeah. their team wins. Now, so you're covering the NBA, so you're not a Sixers fan anymore. Do you feel yes. like working in media? Has made you like jagged about the league and about sports. Well, it's funny because usually you usually, usually hear that from players who are like, yeah. "I grew up an ex whatever fan," and yeah, now not. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's just the business. The way I've explained it to a lot of my friends, yeah. um, who especially, I, mean, I was a huge, huge, huge Sixers fan. Like I have an Allen Iverson jersey framed uh-huh. in my room, <laughs> um, which I don't know if I'm going to keep or not. It's, <laughs> my room feels a little too collegey right now. I want to make it more uh, more adult. Yeah. But, but anyway. Um, so I told a lot of my friends were shocked that you know the Sixers looked like they had a chance to make the finals last year, right? Yeah. So a lot of them were, were like, "How how do you not? How are you not impassioned by this playoff run?" You know? Yeah. And I explained to them before the season, so I I wrote about Nick Nurse, who's the Raptors head coach. Yeah. And I wrote this whole profile saying he could be the the, the missing piece to getting Toronto over the hump. And winning and winning the East finally because you know forever they were that one seed, but they never c- yeah. get past LeBron. Then LeBron, Which, by the way, you were right. Nick <laughs> Nurse right. was the missing piece. So <laughs> maybe quiet. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. well. But to that point, like I yeah. kind of wanted Nick Nurse yeah. to do really well. Yeah. And I I didn't 
and the other thing with Philly, like I've I've, I've talked to Brett Brown a couple. Of, I don't know him very yeah. well, but he's a really nice guy. Yeah, and I want I wanted him to do well enough to not get fired. So it's interesting because being a Sixers fan, and sort I was of, a Sixers well, fan. Being, yeah, I'm definitely not a Sixers yeah. fan. Yeah, I want to make that very clear. Fan. Yeah. So you sort of ended, let's say, at like I don't know, the Iguodala years was when it sort of petered off, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I started covering the league in 2013, right? Yeah. yeah. So. It, Part of the reason why I'm working on this book is, you know, Sam Hankey took over. He put together this pretty polarizing strategy to rebuild a team. And in the Philadelphia area and, the, you know, the discussions around it, you know, people like me who live in different cities now, whatever, the fan base was, was debating the merits of this thing, right? Yeah. And a lot of older generation people like my dad's friends, not older generation, but <laughs> the generation older than myself, than mine, were lambasting it and saying how bad it was my generation more modern age you know thinkers were saying how how radically beneficial it was going to be for the team in order to really be a, a voice in that discussion i found a pretty uh, good level medium ground yeah, and yeah. like it really helped me understand how to cover the league so i'm kind of trying to give back a bit to that time period interesting in this book and yeah, what's the book awesome. called do you have a title yet or just still working so it's technically called, like, not officially, but it's gonna be it's gonna be called Race to the Bottom, <laughs> and um, time, nice. <laughs> yeah, about how the league's tanking era changed the NBA forever. So and yeah, they had to change the yeah. rules and everything with the lottery. Yeah. And so. when uh, when should we expect the release? Sometime spring twenty twenty one. Oh, so nice. I guess this counts as my first publicity. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 Number one. Yeah. yeah. We'll be yeah. talking about it again spring twenty twenty one. Yeah. It's not. I've been close to being done. So. <laughs> but you're saying you've done that, like tons of interviews and stuff, right? Yeah, I've done over two hundred interviews. Oh wow. It's been a lot. It's, I, I just I, I mean, I'm still doing. It. I called somebody yesterday. So. Wow. Anyone in particular yeah. that stands out as like they or like they know their NBA stuff or like you didn't think mm-hmm. they were gonna have an opinion that they had. Um, that's tough. Nick Stauskas was really... Sauce Castillo. Yeah, he just was really... Every now and then that there was someone... Because it's covering a lot of teams. It's covering Philly, Boston, and LA primarily. But it's yeah. also covering Phoenix and Orlando and Sacramento. A bit of Cleveland and Minnesota. So like a couple of those teams would be a coach or um, a player, an executive, who would really just give you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> they just wanted to talk and they were really open and vulnerable. And Nick was, the, 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 I think, the first person when I hung up with Nick, I said to myself, this is going to be pretty good. <laughs> he was just really, he was really great. And who was it growing up? I have to ask, who was your favorite sixer? Was, I mean, AI or I mean, it's fu- Snow? It's fun. He's Snow. <laughs> um, actually, my, my favorite player growing up was Thad Young. It's, wow. Uh, yeah. okay. I, wasn't, I wasn't an Iverson fan at all. Um, forever, I, I, I mean, he was like a, he was a ball hog. Yeah, <laughs> like I, yeah. I mean, not to offend anyone, <laughs> but he stepped but, over Ty Lue. But, but I, I came to I came to appreciate um, both as a fan and now my current you know role as a journalist in the league. Um, I, I appreciate what a superstar does and like how a superstar has to. Do a lot of shit. Can we curse on this? Yeah. And that's do we have to do a lot of shit that isn't about basketball to like lead it. Like it takes a lot to bring a team to a finals. Yeah. You have to manage egos and whatever, whatever, whatever. Regardless of if you did a good job of it or not, he got a team to the finals. And that team was really bad. Like go back and watch the <laughs> 01 finals yeah. on YouTube. You can definitely yeah. watch it. I've watched it many times. <laughs> there's there's some person who has it in like a twelve part video. Uh, that team is awful. You and, know Aaron McKee. 
mean, they were like really. I mean, they were really good. Like, no, no, but that's McKee not a final. and Snow and Matumbo, like they were like all really good defensive guys. But I mean, I think Iverson shot the ball forty plus times in game one. <laughs> right. Like the fact, well, what he did was remarkable. So well, it always is interesting to see because people talk about if he won a title or not. But yeah, you know, these guys, you know, Barkley with the Suns, or these guys are C-Web even with like the Kings who took a team that maybe young, shouldn't have gone. Young LeBron with the Cavs. Yeah, and yeah. is that even more impressive than like? Having you know tons of yeah. superstars. LeBron getting in that yeah. 07 finals with that team is an accomplishment. Yeah, me. yeah. But that that I'm a I was a big fan of because I'm, I was really lucky. My, my my dad was a season ticket holder when I was growing up, so okay. I got invited to this draft party at the arena, <laughs> and I got the Daily News, the like tabloid paper in Philly, took a picture of me as a look as a thirteen year old reacting to taking <laughs> really? that. And it was like the back cover of the Daily News. Wow. So I felt like bonded with Thad. <laughs> and because I wanted him to be because I was upset at the pick and like it was public. I was it was printed on the paper. Wow. And um he he proved me wrong. <laughs> so I felt really and actually I've got, I've come to know him a bit too. Wow. So, and did you have to like own the fact that you were the kid. Oh, I, told, I mean, he had no idea who I was. But. <laughs> no, but you're like the, the cover, and he was like, "I don't read the media." <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also I broke the news that Thad back in '13 that Thad requested a trade, and oh, wow. I knew that he was really mad that I put it out there publicly because he because he knew that Philly would like get on him for it. Yeah. So all these years later, I said, "Hey, by the way, like I was the one." It's not, it's not that big a deal. Like yeah. it's like a, a little thing. You really are strangely connected to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I also like our seats right behind Dad's wife. Uh, oh wow! So like, I got to know her. Like his son, I think it's TJ, maybe. I don't know. So he calls you Uncle Jake, right? No, <laughs> definitely not. But yeah, Dad Young's a really good dude. Yeah. yeah. We're not like friends, but yeah. <laughs> he's good people. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, being a, uh, I know this is backtracking a second, but do you feel that those three fan bases you know so much about, yeah, New York, Boston, Philly, do you think that would you feel that one is more passionate than the other three from New York experience, or they're all equal level of passion? I mean, <sighs> it's hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not hard. It just I don't know. I will say that Boston and Philly are ahead of New York in terms of like real yeah. passion, like because New yeah. York is New York. I, the reason I live here, it's the greatest city in the world. You can do literally anything. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna defend New York fans for a sec. Right, go for <laughs> is it. Boston? It's easy to get behind the team when they're winning, and I feel like all their teams have won so much. No, been... I'll tell you, when I was in school there, the Celtics were awful for yeah. a couple of years, yeah. and that. The TD Garden was packed, and those friends. Were MSG, loud. MSG's packed. MSG's nice packed, too, yeah. but they don't care what happens. They like only, a they close, only, a close only, Nick game with like two minutes. Clo- left, yeah, but they like... don't care what happens in the first, second, and third quarter, and they only cheer dunks. And they also, also living in New York, because I definitely am a New Yorker now. Yeah, New Yorkers just expect their teams to be good because it's New York. <laughs> exactly. That's so bullshit. <laughs> That's so bullshit. Like. Well, see, I feel that when I was growing up in the 90s, and I'd go to the Garden, I felt even when we were bad or good, I did feel the atmosphere was as good as ever. Yeah. But, the way the Garden's changing, the way different things... The Garden's still pretty dope. Yeah, but the lower levels are... You know, not as an interesting crowd as maybe there used to, used to be a no, lot of different no, types of people. Now tickets are cheaper because they are good. I, it's cheap. It's not that cheap. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm just saying when I'm 
sitting in the higher levels at MSG, it feels more like the 90s where you had tons of different people, passionate yeah. fans. When I'm lower, it's like people go into a social event, and I'm not sure how into it they are. For sure. I, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't have any perspective of that. <laughs> I can't tell you last time I bought it. I, actually, I can. This, this is probably good for your podcast. Um, my brother and I flew my dad out to Boston for the season opener for Sixers Celtics in 2018. It was right after they had that playoff series with yeah. the confetti. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they had to sweep it off the court. Yeah. So, like, with my, like, I knew, I know both those teams pretty well, being from, you know, my, the background we've discussed already. So, yeah. the Sixers let us take my dad and my brother to morning shoot around. They got to meet, like, TJ McConnell and that Brett and a couple other people. Yeah. And then um, the Celtics gave us a tour of their new, their new practice facility. So we, we bought tickets to that game. It's probably the last basketball game I bought <laughs> tickets to. That was the game. Yeah. I don't even remember that. I think, the, I, think, I think the Sixers lost. I think the Celtics won. That's all. And so you started your thing. So you were been covering the NBA since you were 18. Yeah, my freshman year of college, yeah. So what was that like, being 18 and just yeah. getting thrown into it? And I mean, because I know it was the sort of re- yeah. internet revolution type. Yeah. I uh, I grew up reading Slam Magazine cover to cover. Oh yeah, and yeah, you put up the posters. Oh, my room is covered, in, <laughs> like literally, and like I we put up corkboard. Wow. I I tweeted a picture of it. I hate when people reference our Twitters. <laughs> Embarrassingly, I did I did see the tweet before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Saying, I don't the, tweet that much anymore. There's, Kobe, there's Kobe photos. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. Room, yeah. I think it, so. When Kobe died, I didn't really know how to react to it, um, because, um, you know this this is. This is our, our, my job, right? So I was I was struggling with the internal wrestle of like, how do I react to this news as a human being? And how do I react to it as a journalist? It really, like, I, it was a t- it was tough for me um, because I have a lot of information about him because he's a big part of my book. So I don't really know what to do. I tweeted something about irony and people freaked out, so I deleted it. Which I'll, I'll go on record here and say the reason why I tweeted it is because I knew that Kobe only. Um, started taking the helicopter places so he could spend time with his kids. Yeah. So like the, the irony in that is obviously yeah. incredibly tragic. That was what I first thought of when I saw that they died in the helicopter crash. Yeah. Yeah. So when I got home, I wasn't even, I wasn't a Kobe fan growing up. Because yeah. he you're taught in Philly to hate Kobe yeah. because he didn't want to play in Philly. So I was like when I got back to my room I did that in eighth grade, that was two thousand eight, two thousand seven when like Kobe was winning the M V P and whatever. Yeah. And um I was like, I wonder if he even. I wonder if I even have pictures of Kobe. And sure enough, he was all over the place. Just goes to show, like, I hated Kobe growing up. He was that good. Like he was all, so. Literally, the court border is like probably the top three quarters or two thirds of the wall. The bottom is painted orange or black, and the whole thing it's plastered with wow. slam stuff. So I entered a slam. That's all. That, that whole story was to say. Nice. I entered a slam. They stuck me into the back corner of the room. Told them they had nothing for me to do, pretty much. <laughs> and I just started pitching stories about. Um, draft prospects like I saw all like the 2013 draft was so uncertain right who was going to be number one so I, all these guys were getting publicity like the top 14 guys like we're all pretty much in contention for like a top four pick right yeah. like Cody Zeller was projected 12th or so he went four so like all those guys were getting pub yeah, pub I hear he's pub. a good guy he's yeah. a good guy <laughs> so he all those guys were getting pub 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 I realized the later guys in the first round and the second round guys were getting no publicity so I just started calling those agents they were so happy for me to interview yeah. that guy. <laughs> and then when I got information for those guys, I went to the Nets second round pick combine. And I was like talking to some of those players. Um, was at that, at that time I was still trying to be friends with players, which yeah. is like not what you do. Yeah. They don't want to be friends with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the time I was like, I'm 18, you're 18. Like that, so that probably goes back to your part of your question. Like, 
being that young, like I felt, I thought it helped me relate to players. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't really know. What I, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it did. I, I, don't think, know. I think it probably did because yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, you're we're in it together." Yeah. So what? Yeah. What, what, what did watched, help me? Watched almost famous and went straight to the gym. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did help me was contacting those people I had a report with them I remember specifically DJ Steffens played at Memphis he's the kid yeah. who kissed the rim I don't know if you remember him yeah I think I remember um, he never really called on the league too much um, he had a couple 10 day contracts but he was a really athletic prospect like the type of guy that team would definitely want to look at in the second round and um, someone with the Kings saw me talking to him and came over and asked me for my number to stay in touch about DJ's progress <laughs> so I was like oh okay like this is how the market works like I'm a, I'm, I'm part of the media. I can get access to players from the representatives, and um, and teams need information about those players unbiased. Where can they get that from? I can be a resource for that, and it's all independent cycle. You get information from teams to give to agents. I don't want really to talk to that many agents anymore, yeah. just because. And there are tons of agents who are super good and honest and yeah. or forthright and whatever. But anyway, yeah. um, I just learned pretty early on like what the inform- what book currency the information was yeah. and how I was able to access it. And it is amazing that, that you think the yeah. Sacramento Kings are trusting an 18-year-old's opinion on they this. Didn't know, they didn't know how old I was. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I'm just saying it, yeah. they don't realize that. They, But it's just funny how sometimes... Dude, there just... are people... I mean... <laughs> You'll be surprised. Yeah. If you, if 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 you if you're good, people don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. But what about? Um. I remember. No, no. I agree with that. It's just funny how you always you never know. You think there's this whole you know, crazy way how things work. That's everything's up and up. And when you get into any industry, you see things are happening in such interesting and different ways. You know. Yeah. Like you never know where you're getting information, and it's funny. I remember I once saw, you remember Jason Williams, not the white chocolate, the, the murderer, you know, the, the Nets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember he had a story when he was getting um, scouted, he was not doing well? And uh, so we did the thing where he invited all these scouts over to his like old high school to go before the draft. This was in his book, Loose Balls. And he went in. And he, they made the rims nine and a half feet without telling any of the scouts. <laughs> really? Like a few inches. So he's doing 360s. Yeah, it's in his book. He's doing dunks. And everyone's like, oh my God, he's amazing or something. Yeah. It was, I, I'm pretty sure it was either before he got drafted or when he was trying to get a new contract. It was one huh. that was at a certain point. And it was, he short, it made the rims shorter and no scouts noticed. And they're like, whoa, I didn't know he could get wow. up this high. And that's how he got it. limb. Back to your point. Wow. Don't believe anyone. <laughs> yeah. I got I got lunch with Sal Palantoni when I was a senior in high school through like a family friend. <laughs> okay. And one thing he told me I'll never forget. He said, "If your mother says she loves you, check the facts." <laughs> and it's he's so true. Like I've had some people lie to me. Uh, just part of the game. Just the <laughs> Did he end the lunch by going Sal Palantonio, ESPN? No, and you're yeah, like, oh, he back to you in the studio. Sal Palantonio was Lenny's sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. He was a really nice guy to me for a while, and then we fell out of touch. And without further ado, what are some of your funniest or craziest, most embarrassing sports stories? Yeah, I'll give you one. Yeah. So, I was a really bad baseball player growing up. And, uh, I, I mean, basketball was always my sport. And I tried to pivot to baseball in third grade. Okay. <laughs> and because everyone was playing baseball at the time, which is kind of funny now. 
yeah. where we're at. Like, <laughs> baseball was the coolest sport to play in third yeah, grade true, for whatever yeah. reason. Maybe because they were hitting 70 home runs, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It was also right around the time where, like, um, you started being able to, like, at least in my town, like, I was when kids were able to pitch. Yeah. I think, like, triple, like, triple A, third grade. I was when you got to be at a pitch and it was like a big deal. I remember <laughs> baseball. And I was so bad at the open tryout. They graded me so lowly that they actually recommended I played down with my brother's team three Ooh. years younger than me. <laughs> my parents debated telling me that they wanted me to do that. But my dad was like, no, we should just tell him. And I remember crying myself to sleep, <laughs> being so embarrassed that I was that bad. But I still want to play up with my age group. And like, like I'm like I'm a good athlete. Like I'm yeah. good, like I'm pretty good at basketball. So this was like very embarrassing for me. Yeah, I was really good at soccer back in the day too. Um, so I was devastated. Yeah. I was so bad at baseball. I mean, to this day, like, I'm just not that great at hitting <laughs> a ball. I don't know what it is. Um, so um, I was on the best team in the league. Also, I, I, I for whatever reason I ended up being the worst player in the league on the best team. I never played ever. Amazing! Wow. <laughs> and then finally, because I had this coach who was an asshole, he like took it so seriously <laughs> in third grade. Yeah, I mean, third grade baseball. I mean, it was like straight out kicking and screaming, like. like <laughs> The guy took himself so seriously. This really nice assistant coach did me a favor one day. The head coach was not there. He put me on third base. To play. I never played the infield ever. I was always stuck out in like right field where there was no lefties yeah. in the league. <laughs> and um, he put me in third thinking, like, all right, it's not, it's not a hot corner. You know? <laughs> like, he'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, there was one inning, like the second or third inning, we were like, doing the warm-up round, and I really had to pee. And... I peed my pants. <laughs> Stay on the field. Oh, oh my! This was my one inning to play in an infield all season. So I peed my pants oh, in order to stay on the field. Did, was it visible? Yeah, oh it yeah. When I, got, when I got back to the when I got back to the dugout, it was all over the place. Yeah. What was the, what was the reaction? The people. I don't remember. <laughs> it was so long ago. You blacked out. <laughs> I don't black. I didn't black out. I mean, I, just, I know. I read this book called uh, "Make It Stick" recently about like how little we actually remember details. It's yeah. strikingly very few. Yeah. So that's 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 all I claim to remember. I remember that field. I know exactly what that field looks like. <laughs> yeah. Because I've been back there so many times, but I don't remember what. What? So the inning did you, was the ball hit you during the inning or not? Just. I just remember peeing my pants <laughs> and like looking around the whole time, make, trying to see if anybody. I didn't care when I got back to the dugout. I wanted to make sure that nobody like knew while I was out there. Because yeah. that way, I figured like when I got, I remember thinking like, if I do remember this, if I get back to the dugout, I can like take care of it there. Yeah. But, like right now, I just need to play it cool until now, I get back. Did yeah. you have any like good friends on the team? I remember when I was in third grade, I, was I don't think so. On my team, my I don't think team. so. I think I was. I think I was like the big fat kid that everyone kind of like felt bad for. <laughs> I used to be really, really not in good. Sh- I was. In, I was really not in good shape, and then I had a growth spurt yeah. in like eighth grade, and I was in good shape, and then I quit basketball, and I got really fat again, and now I'm back to being <laughs> well, pretty, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Did yeah. you have that like you were a point guard, you had a growth spurt, then you were a center like growth spurt? No, or? I was like big and. Then had a growth spurt and then I hurt my back. I was supposed to be like six three. Wow. People always laugh when I say this. My brother is like six three. Wow. Yeah. But it's funny. I know you don't remember anything about peeing your pants. There's a chance yeah. other people from the game. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I'm the kid. To many people, yeah. they're like, remember that kid peed his pants? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. There's just like we got to do some investigative journalism to find. The... If someone tried to find who that kid was one day. That'd yeah. be hilarious. Yeah. But it's funny, you know. Certain people, I know the first gut reaction of like, you know, jerk kids growing up would be like, oh, you peed your pants, but 
it's pretty commendable that you just wanted to stay out there no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Like if this coach I always won a competition. Man. If this yeah. coach is like, who wants it? Who the, that's a kid who's given his all. Yeah. yeah. I mean. <laughs> so I respect that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I was so bad. I literally would never have played the infield besides that one occurrence. That coach not being there one game. Uh, and I didn't want to lose the opportunity. That's 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 giving it your all. Yeah, I think that, that's that's something you. Uh, that's all something you can you ask respect. for. From, that's all you want for a kid from a third grade third baseman. That's, I mean, you know, kids talk about when you learn when you're playing sports as a kid. It's a lot about learning about different things, teamwork yeah. or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you show and a lot of things. Task, yeah. There's there's more to the story than just the urine and the in the trousers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> what was your parents' reaction? I don't remember. You don't remember. You don't remember. Yeah. Well, how about this one? Does you, does anyone bring it up now? Like, is it thing I, that I bring? I, okay. I probably bring, and that's why, like, you asked me, like, I knew exactly what to, what to do. I yeah. was wondering if you were like Thanksgiving, and your brother's like, "Well, at least no, I didn't pee no, myself no. on third base." No, my brother likes to make fun of me for sticking fries in pudding, which. I don't see the problem with. Okay, well, hold on. What, what, what flavor pudding? I know I'm the guy that was all yeah. for peeing the pants. That one, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Fries on a Wendy's Frosty. You never done that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I see that. Yeah, I, I haven't done it, but I, yeah, I've seen that. Apparently, we were little. I mean, I don't, I don't decline doing this. Yeah. We were little at this diner nearby. Like, you got a bunch of sides. And I remember I would get fries and pudding. I would dip the fries in chocolate pudding. I don't think that's a problem. I'm standing with your brother on this one. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> Dip a fry in a milkshake and I'm get back abstain. to me. <laughs> Dip a fry in a milkshake and get back to me. Yeah. So yeah, where can uh, where can the people find your stuff? I know the book comes out spring yeah. 21. For that's the plan as of now. And how about now? Because you're still writing your few articles, right? Your yeah. I got a couple things in, on deck with Bleacher Report. Very uh, cool. I do some stuff at the Washington Post too. We're trying to do some other projects. Some can't really say about anything yet, but... Uh, and where can people yeah. follow you? What's the handle? I'm on Twitter at Jake L. Fisher. Uh, J-A-K-E-L-F-I-S-C-H-E-R. That's it, yeah. Great. It. No, thank you so much for that. That was awesome. Thank, thank you guys for having me. Thank you having so having much. Me. Yeah. You know, I said it last time, but I could talk uh, basketball for hours. You've said that every time. That's okay. why you have a podcast. I get it. <laughs> I'm repeating jokes this whole episode. And... I'm repeating stories... <laughs> And we've got a sponsor for this episode, actually, which is very exciting. Cody Zeller. Yeah. <laughs> great great guy. Great guy, great player. I think Bismack Biombo should be playing a lot less, if you ask me. Or Zeller. <laughs> <laughs> That's just personally. I've... You know, if I had to think of all the Zeller brothers, who's my favorite? Co- Cody has to be number one. Okay, what about Plumleys? Uh, Mason. Lopez's. Robin. All right, it's a pretty good game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so follow us on... Wherever you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, <laughs> iTunes. It's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple. Apple Podcasts. Apple yeah. Podcasts. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as a compliment because it's like Boomer Esiason, my podcast hero. How's Carton doing? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys next time. Go Google it. <laughs> Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.